Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. What's up, y'all? We're glad you're here hanging out with us today. Now, what was that? That was, I took a quick drink before I said hello and I was belting out. Hey, today I am excited because, um, and it's kind of sad because this is your last day with us here for a while. Hold on. I want you to go ahead and clarify that statement. Yeah. Because you just made it sound like today's my last day at work. No, no, no. (laughs) With us at life. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to need to prep my wife. (laughs) Y'all, Pastor Matt is joining us again Uh for today's episode one more time. And we're excited. It's going to be a good day. Today, we're going to talk about three conversations that every parent seems to be afraid of. Yep. (laughs) This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, man, I would love to hear your funniest parenting blooper or mistake Mm. or like Mm. funniest parenting blooper. Right away, something comes to my mind. When Nash was about seven or eight years old, we left him. (laughs) Hmm. That's a good one. You left Accidentally, him. of course. At church. Yeah. We both left. We drove separately that day. I thought Chris had him. He thought I had him. <laughs> we didn't find out until we got like to the restaurant or home. I don't remember. I think it was home. We would always go to the Limburg Cafe. We were like. Because it's cheaper. I thought you had and like nobody called, nobody was Parents like, "Hey, what's failed. up? Your baby's no, still no here." No, no one told us. <laughs> we were always the last ones to leave. And he back was, in the day. Uh, he was okay. in the uh, across the f- that we our old church used to be beside like a football field, and he was out there playing on the football field with I think with a teenager, and we didn't see him. And we left. Totally, fine. that's normal. Does that is that normal? that count? That counts. That's normal. That's, I mean, old, that's a like blooper. He was five, like, six, no, like seven or eight. Seven, oh, even better. Seven. They're fine. They can find food and water. <laughs> that makes me feel better. I felt like it was a pretty big fail. What about like Chris, like one on one, just you trying to be super dad and you swinging you know, and miss? Nash and I used to do this all. Why the is time. it always Nash? Why is there a pattern here? I don't know. I would. <laughs> um, I would take him. We would play. We. I would have Pirates of the Caribbean music play. Dun, 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 or Superman. He would come bed, running like in in his little Superman outfit that we would buy buddy. him, and then I would pick him up and I had names. For all the different kinds like wrestling of wrestling moves, of yes. like ways that I would fling him through the air, so that he would land on the bed. So there was like the Darth Vader, yeah. Oh, and then there was the Luke Skywalker. There was the Yoda. Nash would like call there was out the Optimus how he Prime. To be That's awesome. There was the Decepticon. There was the Chewbacca. I mean, I had all kinds of different ones. R two D two, and and there was one time, man. I so I would like. I would stand. This started when Nash was like two, mind you. I'm not kidding. He loved this. That's awesome. And the flipping started. He but was really I started little. getting a little competitive, and I want to see, man, how far away I can get from the bed that I can throw him. And f- how many times can I spin him around as he's flying through the air? And what's the distance? And and so the one that might not have it, been really the, the Darth Vader became the one that he would always be very scared of because that would be the one that was in the farthest end. Because I, it was one time I threw him so far. What happened? I don't remember this. Well, <laughs> Did he hit something? Well, he kind of didn't hit the bed. Like he. 
Oh, you just flung him across the room. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was, got it. <laughs> after that, he got up kind of Superman. He like, yeah. Because yeah. we put a little curl right there in his head. I'm like, <laughs> we got all into the costume. I do remember at times Blakely always liked to be in the room when that was happening, but she was terrified of being like thrown. Yeah. Because I would scream and yell. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it would make her nervous and scared. And then she would start crying. And that was kind of a parent fail. Anyways. On both yeah. of our part. Big Nash time. Loved it. All right. That's awesome. uh, changing the conversation. How about you? Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> many, there have been many, um, but I distinctly remember Luke was like a little guy. Like we were brand new parents. He was probably three or four months old. Yeah. And the routine used to be on Saturdays, we'd have to go to Baby's R Us to get like whatever the diapers or the whatever the things were. And we, we, I just remember we had bought a bunch of stuff and I was trying to be super dad and I had the carrier in one arm and all the bags in the other arm and the sliding door that comes in and out. Yeah. For some reason, it was like opening and closing really fast, and it made me nervous. I didn't think I was going to be able to get my whole yeah. self out before it closed again. So I was trying to like determine, do I go bags first? Do I go carrier first? I chose bags. Oh, so gosh. I went bags first, tried to slip through, and then the door slammed on my arm. So I was on one side with the, the carrier on the other Luke side, and, and Jen was still cashing out. <laughs> And there was this old lady smoking out front of mm-hmm. Babies R Us because it was, you know, in Fort Worth where those things happen. And she literally like just screamed out, dear Jesus, help that baby. <laughs> but then the door wouldn't open. Like I'm just holding, I'm just standing there. And I'm like trying to wave at Jen oh, to like come gosh. open the door. The yeah. lady's still dear just watching. Jesus. Dear Jesus, help, help that, that baby. baby. I was like, I'm not ready to leave oh, the house gosh. with an infant yet. So tons more, but that All that's the probably the... <laughs> The biggest. What would you say, like, so when you think about this next generation of parents, you guys have successfully raised two great people who are launching out into the world. Like, what would you say is the one piece of advice or maybe something you learned as a parent? What would you say to parents who are currently in the throes of parenthood? Tatum, mm-hmm. mm. I'm going to let you speak. <laughs> You're going to toss it my way. Oh gosh, there's probably so much to say. I feel like that could be one podcast, but let me just try to gather my thoughts and give you some tips. Um, so I would come back to consistency in parenting, um, I think is more important than, than sometimes we remember. Mm. Uh, beginning from a really early age, so whether you have um, two-year-old or 12-year-old, mm-hmm. like being consistent and doing mm-hmm. what you say you're going to do, mm-hmm. following through, even when it's hard. Um, man, I think that makes a huge difference because it, you know, our our kids know the, the the value in your word and your, hey, whether it's a consequence, like if you do that again, this is going to happen, and then actually following through with it, or if, it, if it's for a positive reinforcement, you know, mm-hmm. making that happen. Um, I think that means a lot in parenting. Um, I would just really say, good. I think a big thing is that they see the example um, very mm. young of like how I treat you, that we we never let them become the center of our lives. God was number one. Yeah. They saw very clearly that. Like that the right I'm, order. You're, you're, my, <clears throat> you're my number two. I'm, I'm your number two. And yeah. then, then them. Instead of yeah. where our whole lives revolve around our kids, yeah, our kids revolved around that, that us. That can be so easy to do. It's something yeah. like hard and worth the fight, but uh, the fight for, yeah, <laughs> um, not the fight about. But yeah, yeah, it's another great, it's another good one. Yeah, what it's, would you say, Matt? 
I think just making space for your kids. Mm -hmm. um, I think when, I think parenting is really, really hard. Number one, I don't oh, think yeah. anybody oh. would disagree with that. It's, it's super difficult. Um, you throw in parenting with, you work full time, managing a household, all the things yeah. that you need to do just to get from the morning to the evening. Um, kids sometimes can fall to the bottom of the list, especially yeah. as they get older and they become a little bit more self-sufficient. So I think always making sure there's space yeah. in your yeah. schedule for your kids, whether it's a meal together or a show we're going to watch together or yes. a family walk or like there's something where they feel yeah. your presence and you're included. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I would say to piggybacking mm -hmm. on that, because that's so important what you just mm -hmm. said there, is that I've always, uh, I've always said this, that like, and I'm thinking about teenagers mm -hmm. and even, even younger kids, but I believe that kids spell love, T-I-M-E mm -hmm. and M-O-N-E-Y, mm -hmm. time and money, mm -hmm. that if we really do care about our kids, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm going to spend the time. A lot of times we, we try to overcompensate and, and like, well, I haven't spent time with them, so I'm going to spend a mm -hmm. lot of money on them. Mm -hmm. And that creates a bunch of brats and people that don't really know. Uh, <laughs> it just sends the wrong the wrong signal. Like yeah. that's not what love. No, they is. just feel entitled to everything because yeah. I always yep. get all this stuff. So, but I think it's a balance of I'm going to spend I'm going to spend time and money. And when somebody feels like I'm investing in you like that, yeah, in these two different areas, they and feel I would say love. time even first. And then yeah. I would add one. Yeah, time is more important. And yeah. then the other thing I would say is that your words are massively important. Mm. Your words to your kids will shape them. Mm. And, that, and that's why the Bible says there's power of life and death in mm. your tongue. Yes. And how you speak to them. Come on. Um, it's so good. It's really good. Well, I was digging through the internet and was looking at some of my favorite parenting websites, which, by the way, parentq.org um, is a great resource that we actually have linked on our website here at Life Fellowship as mm -hmm. part of our resource wall. Is it on our family wall? It's on too? the family wall downstairs. Yeah. Okay. There's just tons of great articles, thoughts, resources, so videos. Yeah. Um, there's there's tons of great stuff on there. But I came across one article that really kind of stuck out to me. And so I thought I would kind of just walk through the article a little bit with you guys. And then I'd love to hear how you guys handled these conversations in your house when you were in the throes of parenting. Um, so there's really three conversations that scare parents and it scares us enough that we're, maybe we aren't as talkative or making sure that we hit these topics. But of mm -hmm. course the first big scary mm -hmm. conversation would be about all things sex related. Yeah. And so man, for kids, students, college, young, I mean, sex is a mm -hmm. part of God's design and creation, yeah. and it's been twisted and perverted in lots of different ways. In fact, I remember, um, hang on, I'm thinking to make sure I don't overshare and embarrass Jennifer. Um, Jennifer and I both grew up in church, and we'd made the commitment that we were going to save ourselves for marriage, which we did. Yeah. And when we were dating, one of our favorite shows, our Thursday night date night, was we'd watch Friends together, mm -hmm. and we would just cackle and laugh at how funny you know Joey and Chandler and all that was. Well, then after we got married and we had been intimate, we were watching Friends one night and we were just stunned at how casually they were mm -hmm. making sexual innuendos and jokes and making it like it was no big deal. And to us, it was this significant thing. And I think we didn't grow up in households that talked openly about that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so we didn't, we didn't, we had to figure out a lot of things on our own. Um, and that was before the internet and cell phones and all the things. Yes. And now our kids have all this access to information mm -hmm. and our jobs as, parent, as parents has switched from the gatekeepers of the information to really we're now helping kids manage the information that they are discovering on their own or because hearing they are about, getting it because they're getting it. And so, um, how did you guys, how did you guys tackle that with your kiddos in your house? Like when did you start talking about sex? How did you talk about sex? 
how did you, how did you, how'd you do that? Cause it's, it's awkward for me as a dad mm-hmm. of 15 and 11 year old. So it's awkward for everybody. <laughs> I think honestly, like when you just broach the topic in your mind and become parents, like, okay, now we need to explain um, mm-hmm. and have this conversation can feel a little like, I don't know how, but for us, I remember, um, we began the com- conversation earlier than I, than I would have originally probably mm. planned. Um, and we did that intentionally yeah, because just, we wanted the kids to hear from us like first. Like how, how much earlier? So I'm... Um, it was fourth or fifth grade. I think Blakely was in fourth or f- fourth? I think fourth, yeah. Or fifth mm-hmm. grade. Mm-hmm. She actually had some questions. She, mm-hmm. she innocently said some things mm-hmm. and did mm-hmm. a gesture that was mm-hmm. sexual. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what it was, right. but opened the door for me to say, hey... Where did yeah. you see that? Like, what's what was that? Um, I remember very vividly that day. She wa- walked home from sc- she, we used to walk home from school, and I was out in the front yard, and she did some gesture, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That was like, where did that come from?" So we just started the conversation, and then very um, quickly began figuring out she was had a neighbor who had a cousin, another girl that was like two years older, and had told Blakely that this meant um, kissing with your tongue or something, she, you know, gave her some misinformation about what mm-hmm. something meant. That was Blakely telling it to me. And we were like, ah, we need to start. We need to have this conversation mm-hmm. now um, because she's already hearing things like this in fourth grade. Um, so what we did is uh, we, and we sat like, down together. Yeah. We used like a Christian <clears throat> book about mm-hmm. sex that mm-hmm. is written for, for kids. Is, mm-hmm. Yes. And was it's written literally mm-hmm. was so easy because you're reading the book to start mm-hmm. the conversation, which Mike could feel super awkward if we didn't. For us, I felt like it was a good tool um, to just open the door and maybe 20 do pages. It together. Yeah. I wish yeah. I knew what it was called, but mm-hmm. it was. Um, anyway, I, I, a friend who I worked with and that we went to church with had this great book, was like, hey, we just bought it. Our kids were the same age. I'm going to read it to our kid this night. I'll share it with you and y'all do it this night. And then let's. Let's kind of figure this out friend to friend as parents and mm-hmm. how we, you know, we like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the beginning part. Mm-hmm. And then when Blakely turned 13, mm-hmm. uh, we had a very special private um, moment. We went down to the beach with my parents down to Gulf Shores. More of a purity. <clears throat> yeah. It was um, a purity yeah. ceremony that we yeah. had on the beach like, with, with just mm-hmm. uh, Blakely. Um, Tatum, Chris and I. Tatum yeah. and I. Mm-hmm. And um, like my mom had this special uh, uh, mm-hmm. ruby mm-hmm. That, that she had gotten from somebody. Yeah. And then we took some of the gold from my grandmother's ring or what have you. And then they, they we had a, jewel, a jeweler that created. And it was yeah. really, really yeah. special. Cool. We gave it to her. We sat down. I mean, she cried. We cried. We prayed together. We prayed together <laughs> yeah. right on the beach. Mm-hmm. I, think we, I think what I would say is start, start earlier, uh, age appropriate, but... Kids are hearing more than maybe you think that they're hearing or seeing at an earlier age. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it just gets super awkward and even harder if yeah. you think if you when they're 14, it. I'm going to tell them. They've already heard so much. They've yeah. heard everything. And yeah. they've seen all the images. And then it feels They've real seen, weird yeah, to have yeah, the it, first conversation rather yeah. than when they're eight-ish, seven-ish. I don't know, depending on your, like, just talk a little bit. Yeah. like. And then was it like a one-and-done deal? Was it something that you revisited over time as they got older? We, like, I, I would, I remember, I think we, <clears throat> I remember talking about sex in a context that um, our kids would both have an awareness 
mm-hmm. of what sex was once mm-hmm. we shared the idea, mm-hmm. but making it m- more like <laughs> conversational that didn't feel right. like we have to sit and have this moment right. where we it's look awkwardly at each other yeah. that's formal. Um, just that we're talking about the impact of having sex before you're married and oh, so and so that we know. And maybe we use an example of how mm-hmm. that changes their mm-hmm. life and what mm-hmm. what things look like and how that can bring challenges and what are STDs and what is protection and how, you know, just like making it a part of your day-to-day life. We talked about it enough where it wasn't awkward, but then as well, when we knew that they were talking about it in student ministry, we, Mm -hmm. I mean, we always made sure the kids were there, but that was like really important. I wanted them to hear from other people, other leaders. Because a lot of times we say the same things and And they're like, I think they heard a lot maybe from Chris and I also in a church setting because mm-hmm. we had we were very involved in youth ministry for so many years and so many teenagers in our homes and so many things that they were dealing with or struggling with and our kids were always kind of around um yeah <laughs> teenagers and like the setting uh, maybe where we heard about what what was sexual abuse what mm-hmm. happened to That's this great. child what and kind yeah. of introducing those concepts of sex in an appropriate way mm-hmm. and and then in an inappropriate way um yeah so you got to make it like real life and yeah. challenges are real and life is real and 100%. sex is real. And what? And I think too, what a lot of parents, I think you touched on this, Chris, when, you know, we're going to wait till they're 14 or 15 or, cause that's when they're quote unquote ready. Yeah. Or might I mean, be interested or whatever. Studies show it's elementary school. Oh yeah. By, by the time kids leave fifth grade, there's like an, like an 85% chance they've already been exposed to pornography. Yeah. They've seen something, they've yep. heard something. Yeah. Um, and we all know how kids are and they make things up and misinformation and all of that. Yeah. That really is the battle. It's not so much the, let me explain what sex is because you need to do that early on. Early on. Early yeah. on. This is what sex is and mm-hmm. this is why how God designed it and this is how yeah. it's meant to be for yeah. procreation and all those sorts of things. But you need to teach your kids the correct, and this is something that stood out to me years ago. I did a sexual abuse training and they talked about the importance of when your kids are little, when they're potty training, you yeah. teach them the correct words yeah. for anatomy yes. so that they understand what is Verbage. good touch and bad touch and all of that yeah, stuff. And that that's starts super, so little you, though. Starts, and that, but that really is the foundation of the sex talk. Yes. And so if you can potty train your kiddos and you can teach them this does this and that does that, yeah. you're, you're laying the foundation yes. for early on. And then something that that stood out to me, especially as Landry started to get older and she turned that nine ten corner. Yeah. Um, you know, girls are smarter than boys. Let's just be honest. Like they <laughs> catch on a lot faster than we do. Um, she started hearing stuff at school from boys. Mm. Um, and she'd come home and she'd kind of be yeah. embarrassed. But we had made a promise to her. Jen and I sat her down and I said, we will always answer your questions yeah. in the ways that make the most sense for what we think you need to know. Yeah. And so she'll come home and she'll ask, like, just point blank, like, hey, I heard this, and what is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a few times where I've almost choked, like, oh, we really have to talk about this. See, that's so important yeah. that you're saying that, because mm-hmm. what I've discovered is this, is that the, the earlier you can share it with them, it it's so important because um, they still think that you are cool. They yeah. still think that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. If you when wait until later on, yeah. now you're the idiot. You don't know what you're yeah. talking yeah. about. My friends are cool. Yeah. and. Yeah, and you don't have any context. Of and I life. think an early, an early on ramp to to the conversation. I'm just going, kind of having flashbacks of remembering um, this with Nash and with Blakely. Began very young when they like talking about baby. Blakely has always been fascinated with babies and mm-hmm. pregnancy, yes. and sort of recognizing yes. that. And how does that happen? 
and how did that baby get in your tummy and what all the things that are very normal and healthy for children to wonder mm-hmm. about like mm-hmm. don't make up some fairy tale story oh gosh yeah you know like yeah. t- that's a b- perfect and a beautiful way to answer and begin talking about well, what is sex and how did it happen yeah that's, don't don't it, make it weird and it's not weird it, and then one other thing i think also this is and matt you you, mm-hmm. you touched on this earlier i think as as parents we need to be very uh cognizant of the um the unholy reach into our mm. kids' lives, into mm. this area, to really corrupt something that God... <laughs> and that's what the enemy does all the time. Mm. He tries to take something that God created as perfect and good and a gift, and he tries to corrupt it. And I think that we need to be very aware of mm-hmm. our our uh, the technology that's mm-hmm. coming in, the shows mm-hmm. that they're watching, the yeah. friends that they're, um, yeah. that they're mm-hmm. connecting with. Yeah. All of those things, you, you know... We we have to be on guard. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, last week, Tatum, at the very end about how don't let your kids go to bed with their with their telephone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't even let the kids have a, t- a television in their room, nor uh, nor a computer when they got a little bit older, or, or an iPad, mm-hmm. because we don't want we don't. How do, there's there's an old statement that says mm-hmm. this: keep an honest man honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some weird things happen at night. Yeah. We're just, we just we were just unaware. Yeah, we, just, we were tired. Your defenses are down. Yeah. yeah, makes total sense. Um, I think too, just making the plan for here's what happens if you see something that makes you uncomfortable or that you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like instilling that in your kids early on. Oh, like yeah. you're gonna go, you're gonna be, you know, Landry, you're gonna be in gym class in the locker room and you're gonna hear or see something yeah. that yeah. makes you go, what is that? Like, yep. I promise you, I'm always gonna tell you Come the truth. Come to me, ask us, show you us. You can ask yeah. me and I will do my yeah. best not to make it awkward or weird, but building those plans in early. So, so good. I mean, that's cool. So the the sex conversation is always a big scary one. And then the other one that we just touched on a couple of weeks ago as well is just mental health issues in general. Um, I met a mom. This is huge. It's a huge deal. I met a mom a couple of weeks ago who... Uh, came to pick up her kiddo and in the process of right before she came to pick up her kiddo had found something really scary on the kiddo's phone that just scared her and not a great thing. And she was just in total panic. Like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Hmm. And honestly, you know, we prayed together and I helped her calm down a little bit and we made a plan. I can't stress enough to parents that, that mental health is a real thing and that it's not a hippy dippy, it's you know weird feeling 70s thing yeah. it's a this constant state of connection technology advancements our kids live under yeah has created this vacuum of yeah. trauma and yeah un, undiagnosed mental health issues and anxiety and our kids are very aware of mental health and so man how, how did you guys if at all like how, how did mental health play out when you were raising kids is that something that was even on the radar because it's it's not totally new but i mean not rel- relatively new either and the pandemic really exacerbated yeah. the whole thing like i i saw a report the other day that said 80 percent of college students and high school and middle mm-hmm. school students 80 percent of them right now mm-hmm. are um they have battled with some form mm-hmm. of mental health in the last three years yeah, yeah. like it's really it's ramped very up rampant. I'm trying to you know everyone back. just got so isolated yeah. and yeah. then they're weird coming back to yeah and then you add in the social media and then you just you, and there's just such this we we are living in a culture yeah. where so many people are, are battling this yeah. um you know for us 
I don't, I mean, we went through challenges, obviously, with, you know, our kids going through difficult times. Mm -hmm. We didn't, I don't know. I don't think that we, it was necessarily on the radar as much as we hear about mental health Mm -hmm. now. And, and uh, just because social media wasn't quite what it is, not, well, Mm -hmm. it was in their teen years. Um, I mean, Blakely didn't get a phone until she was 16. No, she had a phone when she was much younger. I gave her her a phone at 16. On her 16th birthday. That was a new one. She had one, y'all. She had the burner phone. Let me just say, I know in sixth grade because they had to walk home from school and that's when we wanted to know that she made it home. So she was much younger, but maybe didn't have some of the access. Um, Goodness, I would say like uh, keeping the lines of communication just open and knowing Mm -hmm. that if you're like not doing well, that we're going to be a safe place to talk about that um, with how you're feeling or what challenges are. And I think it's, it's just being available, right? Mm-hmm. As a mom, as a dad, uh, for when they're ready, because mm-hmm. you can't really force sure. those. Like, tell me why you're crying, or what's yeah. going on at school, or what what you're thinking, how you're processing, is the most helpful way for them to know. Man, if I share something, if I feel something, I can tell mom or dad about it, yeah. um, and them knowing that's going to be received. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna be encouraged or supported through the through the challenges of um, of that is so vital. Uh, but I don't know that I have a yeah. great example. No, I, just, I think it's really interesting because you think back to May when we did the parenting lab and yeah. the two biggest takeaways that parents still ask me for months later is David, David Thomas, we had him come in from Raising Boys and Girls and he walked parents through an exercise on how they can help their kids regulate their emotions when they... Do you want to share a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It's, it was just, just a real simple like breathing exercise where you trace a square on, on your leg. leg. Like with your finger? With, you're just with your it? finger. So like right now I'm at mm-hmm. a table. I've got my hand on my leg and I'm just mm-hmm. making a square. And every time I make, I make a line, I just breathe in. Next mm-hmm. line, I breathe out. Mm-hmm. Breathe in, breathe out, and mm-hmm. my wax on, goes, wax off, wax on, wax off. It's just slowing and that down. Slows there. your your brain down. Slows down the processes, and it's not some yeah weird thing Meditation that everybody has to that know you're like, that you're doing. Yep. Um. And the other resource that he shared when he shared it, I remember sitting on the stage with him thinking, I don't know how that translates, but he offered out. He's like, I've got this link. Go home and print out this feelings chart. And I thought, feelings chart? Like, come on, we're not in preschool. Like, yeah, come on. But it's essentially, and I think we've got it posted somewhere on the website. If not, I'll, I'll hang it up there again. But it's this chart of like all these different smiley faces and sad, angry, stressed, mm-hmm. hungry, panicked, and you know, all the things. I would yeah. select hungry right now. Every, every time Chris right is now I'm select hungry. hangry. He's, he's almost <laughs> to the hangry line. But helping kids be able to verbalize. Verbalize. The number of high school parents in our church that have asked me for that. I'm wow. like, are you like serious? Sometimes our kids can't think beyond. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. I'm sad. Yeah. But it's really. Yeah. I'm anxious. I'm afraid. And if they can identify it, then they can start doing some things to address that. And we make the joke at our house all the time. Do you need yeah. a feelings chart or a sandwich? Mm-hmm. You might you mm-hmm. might just need a sandwich because you yeah. might just be hangry. We're gonna get Chris a sandwich <laughs> here in a second. <laughs> but helping kids be able to identify what it is that so you guys feeling, use that all the time. We we use it more often than I'd care to admit, yeah. honestly. And like, then, so you have that resource on our parent wall. Yeah, it's on the parent wall. wall. I believe it's on our website as well. That new website, which is amazing, oh. by the way. I need to make sure mm-hmm. that it translated over. So yeah, it's it's a. You you could type in feelings chart into Google and there'll be a hundred and it'll pop be up. there. Yeah, it's just a simple. But ours chart. is the best one that's out there. Of, of course it is. Absolutely, just for you. Just well, for I you, Chris. remember 
piggybacking just on that for a second, I remember th- beginning pretty young with our kids because you know when your kids first start school and mm-hmm. they're like gone and away from you for yes. all day long and you're like, I wonder what they experienced. I yes. wonder how they felt. I wonder what happened. Da, 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 da. Remember we started this like question with our kids and I originally, my timing was way off as a parent. Sometimes maybe some of you listening have done this. Like right when they get in the car, you're like, how was your day? Yes. How do you feel? What happened? Yes. And they're just What'd like, you learn? Not yes. stop. They don't want to talk. They're just like, it's too much. So if I could just encourage you in that, like maybe give them some time, wait until later at night. Then I began changing the timing instead of just asking how you're doing or what was your day or we started, and this was when they were young. Blakely's going to laugh if you hear this because it bothered her, but it was like <clears throat> some statement about telling me like the sunshine parts mm-hmm. of your day and what were the clouds? Mm-hmm. Like what was something that was really fun or great or funny or for Nash, you know what I used to ask him and it was more in middle school, high school and I was like, what was like something really funny? Did somebody in your class do mm-hmm. something that just like, and it was always like, oh, so-and-so yeah. like mm-hmm. farted in class yeah. and everybody was like laughing and he blamed her and he would like get me and yeah. tell me the whole story, yeah. just like something goofy and funny. But just as a parent leading the questions, questions like asking them about opens the door for them to be able to say this happened on the playground or this happened at cafeteria and I didn't have anybody to sit with or, you know, whatever. Like then you have, it gives you the ability and the access to then see what's going on in their world and Mm -hmm. how are they viewing it from a mental and emotional perspective and how can I help them work Mm -hmm. through that or what you can try the next day or Mm -hmm. do this instead or I would ask them, hey, what, what, um, what's one kind thing you did for somebody else? Because you should ask that a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And it I think our nice questions help like, them. Our questions help drive yeah. what are what is important to us. And so, if it's always about you know what did you you know how was school and what did you learn? Yeah. What What about other things? You know. Yeah. We did use to challenge them to try to find like look for the person who's had gotten a one to sit with. We used to tell like if mm-hmm. someone drops their stuff in the hallway and everybody else walks by, stop and help them pick them up. Giving them practical things yep. that they can do helps also get the attention and focus just off of of themselves, but also like who's out, who's out there that's struggling that doesn't have a friend. I used to love, when I still ask them, (laughs) y'all are so biblical. You're like kindness and Bible verses. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Landry gets in the car and I'm like, all right, give me the tea. I want to know like, who's not talking to who, which teacher is stupid. Like I want to know all the things. And cause she's a list taker like that. So she'll give me all the stuff, but nine times out of 10, it'll lead to here's this thing that I'm, I'm struggling with, or that here's this thing. And we've always made this pact with our kids, like we will let you handle it until you feel like you can't. Yeah. And then you tag us in and that's great. We had a, we had a gym teacher that I thought that's for really, sure really good, I was yeah. like going to have to go toe to toe with. And I kept waiting. I'm like, Landry, I'm waiting for you, babe. You give me the signal. I'm yeah. like, I'm coming in and blades swinging. And w- she got it all under control. But I think normalizing that for our kids to talk about feelings mm-hmm. and to talk about stress and to talk about fear and for them to see us go, you know what? Yeah. I've got a huge event at work next week and I'm stressed or I've got to yes. make a big presentation or yeah. I think I think I disappointed Chris today or I messed up and I didn't I didn't feel like I was winning like letting them see some of that they don't mm-hmm. need to see all the gory yeah. ugly details of adulthood but letting them see us regulating our emotions and talking about our feelings I yep. think is is super helpful because at the end of the day we're trying to get our kids to adulthood and we, they got to be ready for oh, that yeah. they've got to mm-hmm. be ready and know how to yeah. process and they're not always going to have a teacher that they like or a boss that that's their favorite. So big, scary conversations, sex, mental health, and the last one, which is sticky for sure, 
but just violence in general and safety in general. I think lots of kids are exposed to different levels of violence, whether it be in their homes or things they see on TV, or video um, games, video or games, all the things. We had a rule in our house yeah. when it comes to video games that if it's an alien, I am mm. all about yep. guns. <laughs> Like if you ever see an alien, I want our I want to teach our kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's okay. It. To, it's okay to kill that alien. All the aliens, unless yeah. it's ET. We yeah. we liked him. He was a good one. He was a good one. Yeah. yeah, but I think too, just helping our kids, they're they're gonna see scary things. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we live in a world where yeah. horribly we tragic things happen from them. happen yeah. to kids. But helping instill in our kids one one of the things that I felt like the Lord told me when Luke was when Jim was pregnant with Luke was your job is to help them feel safe. Yeah. And so that's something I, I repeated over the kids. Yeah. Still do like, hey, what's what's my job? Yeah. And they hate it now because they're like, oh, make me feel safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That then you, let me let me help you get you've, there. You've done yeah. a really good job mm-hmm. when there's been some of these mass shootings and mm-hmm. things that have happened. The way yeah. that you've come alongside parents and yeah. giving them resources, equipping them, and equipping yeah. them to, to begin having to that say. conversation because violence is going to happen. Violence is going to it's going to continue to increase. Kids are scared to go to school. Let's just call a yeah. spade a spade. They're scared. Like what happens yeah. if, and yeah. that's something that co- the conversations we have an element, like what happens if a fight breaks out or what happens if yeah. a bad guy gets in, like what app? And I love this quote from Mr. Rogers that he shared in his book about, I mean, when he used to see scary things on TV or the news, his mom taught him to look for the helpers mm. and wherever there's violence, wherever there's tragedy, helpers are coming to help. Yeah. So where are those helpers? And then instilling that into our kids like who are some of the helpers at your school who are some of the helpers at church who are some of the helpers that if you if if mom or dad weren't here yeah what would you do yeah then they feel like go to i'm equipped to have something there's something there that i can grab a hold of that's that's protecting me that's helping me that should be i just would uh want to add something when your your kids are uh our kids were quite little when we started the conversation with safe Mm. people with like Who's the safe person? I remember mm-hmm. regularly at our dinner table, mm-hmm. and we would practice this conversation when they were like three, yeah. four, five, six. Is you know we used to have a neighbor that we didn't really know well. His name was Tony, and I would say, "Is Tony safe if he asks you to come into his house or go into his car? <laughs> is Tony yeah. safe? No, Tony's not safe. Yeah. Is is you know Pastor Matt at church? Mm-hmm. Is he a safe person? He asked to talk to you. Yes, he's safe. Yeah. You know, just helping them play out that if this happens, is this person safe and then telling them who are the safe people mm-hmm. that we know that you see yeah you know we gave them a even a, 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 a code word too yeah 100 <laughs> did you did yeah. you guys do that do code word? it's a different yeah. day and age now they can probably yeah. text now we're not going to tell anybody yeah. here because no, no, it no. was secret that's a family secret <laughs> here but we've got a code word but yeah s- safe people and um helpers things like this at school mm-hmm. when things circumstances play out that we might not yeah. can predict or or plan for what do they do? They need yeah. to. They need to kind of have a next step and know mm-hmm. um, who the helpers are. It helps them create a plan. Helps them. A plan makes them feel safe. Yeah. and even it plays out do. in their mind right. if they right. ha- hear a scenario or see something on TV of another another instance that happened. Is this is this is what I'm looking for? These are the safe people, or this mm-hmm. is the way out, or this is the call I make, or whatever. I think too some of the some of the things that we talk about, especially with our fourth and fifth graders, is that voice in your gut mm-hmm. when you feel uncomfortable or mm-hmm. when you feel like, I don't know, that is the Holy Spirit yes. helping you. Yes. If somebody's yeah. saying, hey, this is what I want you to do, or you're, hey, come with me, and you get that like gut yeah. feel of like, uh, I don't know. With our kids at home, we always make mom and dad the bad guy. Hey, my dad says I can't do that. My mom oh, says yeah. I can't come over. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, we've said the that number repeated. of times Landry has called and said, hey, can I? And then under her breath, please say no. Yep. yep. No nope. kids do that all Our the time. Kids all, yeah, we gave them permission. We said, if you don't want to do something, you feel uncomfortable. You're not yep. lying. We want you to say that we said yeah. no and we'll say no. <laughs> and even and now that she's older and we text, like, hey, if you get yourself in a scenario where mm-hmm. it started off great and now it's gone south. Yep. I mean, a code Next word, a, code a word. phrase. Yeah. I'll call and yes, pull yep. the dad card for sure. Yeah, pull you so, out of there. I mean, here's, here's the deal. Re- regardless of where you find yourself in, the, in seasons of parenting, Man, sex, mental health, violence, those big, scary conversations are uncomfortable and awkward. But anytime we can lean into those conversations and help our kids be ready for adulthood and launch into that season of leadership that God's called them to and created them for, I think are it's a huge win in the moment. Yeah. And it's a huge win long term oh, for, yeah. for families. Yeah. And, and let me just close by saying this to the parents, that God has equipped you and he's anointed you. He's given you that authority mm-hmm. in your kid's life. For, for a reason. And I know sometimes it just feels overwhelming when you think about mm-hmm. these big areas and it's so um, difficult sometimes to navigate your kids through, but God's going to give you the right words. Listen, you speak in, in love, you speak encouraging, you speak firm. You know, a, a firm no is a whole lot better than a wishy-washy, uh, uh, you know, maybe. So just make sure that you understand that God has given you that that authority, and um, lead your kids, yep. love them, bring them to Jesus. Yeah, and, and God's going to use you. Yeah, and so it's going to be an amazing, amazing journey that God is going to lead you on, and you're going to have the time of your life. And I just want you to know that we here at Life Fellowship, we're, we're standing behind you as parents. We want to help you to raise godly kids. So check out that family wall, the resources there. Matt's got a bunch of things that are available, and as always. We are in your corner. We're cheering you on. Everybody, I hope you have a great day. I'll see you back here next week. God bless. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.